This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the National Alliance of Wine Growers and Distributors. Have you had your two glasses of wine today? The Stool Stool, proving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. And River of Life Lutheran Church. Sunday services come once a week. How often do you? Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the wine fellers. The wine fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got canned from the factory. extraordinarily smashing episode of the wine fellers yet our good friend alex the wine guru will stop by he will host our most exciting wine tasting event ever featuring three red zinfandel wines a barbecue pairing plus a mystery bottle something you won't want to miss in this lifetime that and more Winefellers' own spawned musical creations, all on this week's episode of The Winefellers. But as always, first, the news. Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good Winefellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Winefellers News, are you tired of constantly breaking your wine glasses while taking a shower or eating at the breakfast table? Why not try a high-tech, shatterproof wine glass? Are you tired of constantly spilling your wine from your glass on your loved ones and children? Well, why not try drinking out of a high-tech, spill-proof wine glass? And finally, are you tired of the French constantly laughing at you behind your back? Then just learn these easy 16 rules right here, Mark. What do we got? Hey, Joe, good to see you. Hey, good to see you too, Mark. Joe, I'm so excited. I think this is the best show ever. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. We're really excited. Every week. No, no, but th- 
Really? This time for real, huh? I've said that. It does week. actually get better every week, doesn't it? I think so. I don't remember saying that before, but this time, uh, I think in the past I've just told a, told a fabrication, <laughs> but this time it is for real. This is the best show <laughs> we have ever had lined up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have Alex, the wine guru, coming on later. And he's gonna, oh, I can't wait. He has a, I love he's Alex. always entertaining and, and is very informative. We seem to learn a lot. And he's going to pour uh, uh, three red zins plus a mystery wine. And we're going to pair it with barbecue and some other things. And we're just excited. And we're going to teach you something about red zin. I can't <laughs> wait. But my favorite part of this week's show is uh, the news breakdown that I just read. The yes. news summary contains nothing about North Korea. So you think. Oh, geez. Well, we'll see. Okay, what have you got for me, Mike? All right, the wine news. The wine news. How many times is, <laughs> how many times per day does this happen to you? You're just sitting around enjoying your tall glass of Chardonnay, and boom, the glass slips from your hand, falls to the floor, and smashes as glass shards fly off in every direction. Never. Really? <laughs> you? All the time. Oh, well. Okay, I, I could see this as a problem because you're you're you know this is why they don't allow uh, glass bottles like at Emerald Point, the water park, oh. or uh, in, at swimming pools. I was going down a water slide with a, with a glass of wine, <laughs> that, and now I get it. Now I see why they pulled me out, sir. Out of the tide pool, <laughs> and I thought it was because I had no clothing on. Nope, it nope. must have been the That's glass allowed. of wine. Yeah. It's the glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> so they kick, so but this is why. But I bet that even if you show up at the pool with your shatterproof wine glass, yeah. there's they may still ask you to leave. Yeah, they might not be convinced. But get to address this familiar problem, several <laughs> companies are now making unbreakable wine glasses. For example, <laughs> Sim Glass makes a collection of faux glass barware specially made to be unbreakable. These glasses can be dropped to the floor and will remain intact, free of chips, cracks, or scuffs. I do not buy this at all. Well, it's just $40 for a set of four. <laughs> what, don't you, what don't you buy? Look, unbreakable. All right, so um, my first experience with an unbreakable product right, was when I was a toddler. Okay. Okay. Uh, my parents bought uh, the uh, Super Sippy Cup. Yes. Because it was a, like these wine glasses, unbreakable. Yes. Uh, my parents said I banged it up and down on the counter for probably four seconds <laughs> <laughs> when I flung it back, and all that was left in my hand was the handle. <laughs> And so I somehow, when you tell me, when you combine drinking wear yeah. and unbreakable, right? I don't think they've really put it through the paces yet. I don't know, Joe. I mean, you seem like the kind of guy I'd be tough on a sippy glove. <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, I was. Yes. But yeah, well, I, I think it's, it's they're solving a problem, which I didn't realize is a problem. Yes, I've. I've uh, uh, cracked uh, wine glasses before. I've smashed them. But you know what? You just pull another one out. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Usually people have more than one somewhere lying around. And I, I could see if you're if you're drinking like a wine that's $100 a glass. Yeah, you don't want to break that. That you might want it to almost be like in a steel cage. Or well, I mean a cage is not a good example. Right. Because it would just come right out through the bars well like a wine glass in a cage yes you want the it's almost like the fort knox of drinking wine yes that's what you'd you, go into a padded room but don't you want a lid on your glass things in case it's like it topples over because that doesn't really solve the problem of i can i see what's happening here a, you, you, a sippy club wine glass is that you, what you're about you want to say? no you want to enjoy 
yeah. wine mm-hmm. in a traditional glass with all the safety features of modern that modern technology can provide. Like airbags. And oh, right. yeah, side curtain airbags and everything. <laughs> right. Well, that, that brings me to the next company. <laughs> so another company, Aura Glass, has created a stemless, spill-proof wine glass that rests on a steel ball instead of a stem. <laughs> I've seen this. Yes, you have. The glasses can hold up to 15 ounces of liquid without spilling, even though new users might be nervous as the glass slowly spins around on the table. <laughs> it's, Mark, uh, you, you need to pull this up. We'll put some pictures on Facebook and Instagram later. But uh, this wine glass, imagine a wine glass minus the stem, right. but in place of the stem a is a metal, metal ball, ball bearing. A heavy ball. Size of, of a marble, probably. It's heavy. Just, just connected to the bottom of the wine glass. So... You can never sit this wine glass down straight up. Straight up, it's always, always rolling around. The but the ball, the ball is so heavy that it'll never topple. I think that's the <laughs> issue. So the owners of the it's just such a bizarre <laughs> world bizarre. we live in. Mark. The owners of the Aura Glass came up with the idea to design a spill-proof wine glass after they intended after they attended a family function and three to four wine glasses tippled over. I mean, why not just carve a, a wine <laughs> trough out of granite? <laughs> well, and, you know, it weighs 400 pounds and it can't tip over. You just have to saddle up to it and lap away. Well, Anna Carpenter said, quote, after that family event, we thought there has to be another way. <laughs> I love their one way is let's affix ball bearings to the ball. Let's remove the stable base yeah. of the wine glass. And put a big, put <laughs> heavy metal ball. So the wine, it's almost like. A wine glass, you can't spill a wine glass, Mark, that's always spilling. Yeah, so it's an interesting concept. So the, so the thing is always rolling around the table, but, but, but it's so heavy that it never quite topples. And it's an interesting way. And so they, but they are. They, it reminds me of like, if it, it, their, their tagline should be, have you ever played uh, billiards on a moving ship? <laughs> because I imagine if you're at dinner yeah. with a bunch of these wine glasses around the table that never yeah. stay still, uh-huh. they're just constantly rolling around everywhere, yeah. it could be nerve-wracking. Well, they say that, you know, it's a good way to aerate your wine, too, because the thing's always oh, moving around. Boy. But so th- they've uh, run a, a, a campaign through Kickstarter, and they've, always, uh, they've already surpassed their goal of $15,000. Holy smokes! For removing a stem... From their glass and affixing a big metal ball. Oh, this is right. Mark, uh, after he showed this to me, came up with a great new Kickstarter campaign right out of our own Winery 51, the Winefellers Special Projects area, mm-hmm. where you're, you're, you're coming up with your own Kickstarter campaign with a, a wine glass stem with a magnet at the top that you can reattach to these metal ball bearing glasses That's thereby right. <laughs> forming what was broken making whole again and that way you could if you if you want to turn your <laughs> if, if you would like to turn your aura glass into a regular glass i'm going to sell you the kit that, which is just the stem they removed right. with a magnet in the top. And then you have your wine glass. So th- that's the, uh, I'm going to start my Kickstarter on that and uh, plan to raise some money to, an- Good luck. to answer their problem. <laughs> so <laughs> another company called The Levitating Cup is the world's, oh, wow. world's first zero-gravity wine glass that will enhance your drinking experience and leave your guests in awe. I've never wanted to explore space more. Forget coasters. <laughs> your glass will never touch the surface of a table. What? Uh-huh. Using the physics 
principles of quantum locking. Oh, come on, Mark. I'm serious. I'm this show, is real news. I'm going to show you a picture in a second. Your, I'm just Your drinks will float in midair. Working via a system of magnets in an electrical field, <laughs> the levitating cup features a metallic base that enables the cup to float above the table at zero gravity, completely weightless, and remain that way uninterrupted indefinitely. And I'm about to show Joe a picture of this because he doesn't believe me. I'm going to be so angry but there when is, I see this. There is the picture. So basically, <sighs> it's, a, it's an electromagnet. I don't know why you would ever want to do this. So there's a gla- so why not just set the darn thing on the table so on the bottom of the glass there is it is a is a piece of metal well, and it's not just that magnetized you need to put it over the the paired coaster well because because the coaster you have to plug in and that is it's electromagnet <laughs> yeah. i mean come on this is uh, such a is this a real product this is a real product it and, is and what is the name of this this is called the levitating cup. Yeah. All right. If also you, on Kickstarter, if I you, if you ever have seen these superconducting magnets, these superconducting materials, I mm-hmm. should say, that when, of course, when they reach that that temperature and they and they reach the superconducting state, you can place them above magnets and they just kind of sit there and they spin and you can put them in all different positions and they right. just kind of sit there. It's magic. Right. Um, this product for our listeners out there, this looks very much like that yeah but you should see it they're spinning and kind of teetering just a little bit mm-hmm. it doesn't look like uh the I, I i when you said zero g cup yeah i thought you meant it was something where you could drink it while you're in outer space mm, with no gravity yeah i mean it's not this I, relies on gravity yes of course so they, i think they just call it that but it, so it's basically an electromagnet that causes you know it's just such a charged magnet the magnet is hovering above the base yeah. of the other magnet and and the, and the magnet is attached to a cup and yeah. so um you know my big question is is how many weeks of owning this wine glass will it take before i get cancer <laughs> <laughs> oh funny times good uh, good things (laughs) i mean you know because you're shooting these electromagnets probably you know across a mile range to get this thing working i cannot count on my two hands the number of times on this show the word cancer has been followed with uncontrolled laughter yes i mean this is horrible that's which. That's the beauty of the wine fellers. You never know what you're going to get as far as uh, a humor, except we, probably cancer. We joke about everything. So, um, uh, and uh, before the phones start lighting up again, oh, there goes. We Mark. are not saying <laughs> we're not joking about cancer. We you are know who's going to call it the wine glass. Yeah, well, their lawyers will be calling uh, yeah, right. any day now. Yes. Uh, so, oh my gosh. So I don't want to get. I don't want to leave this one yet. Okay. Right now, if they took the levitating wine glass mm. and somehow put it on like a like a mag rail train like in Japan where they got the bullet trains yes and they could deliver a glass of wine into my face at 150 miles an hour now we're talking well they do have it on a moving coaster yeah it's one coaster you got to you have to move the coaster well the coaster moves itself i think no yeah it rolls like on the table this is just what they need to combine are it sounds like what I'm hearing here is all of these people are trying to invent ways to help you from spilling your wine, but they all sound like products that would just spill your wine. Yeah, so I don't think they promise that they're trying to stop you from pilling, spilling your wine. What they're saying is, 
is that the high-end drinking culture has always been shrouded in tradition. But as consumers, like millennials, start drinking more, oh, mm -hmm. there's more and more demand to experience wine in new ways, ways never thought possible before. And that is to watch your glass levitate before you. Yes, and we, and as we've discussed in previous shows, is that sometimes if you're a millennial drinker, it's not just about drinking wine. It's the selfie involved with drinking your wine, and you yeah. can. This is a this is a selfie moment. You're taking a picture of yourself with wine, and your wine glass is levitating. That's pretty good. That's, you're going to get some likes for that one, Mark. Yeah, you're going to get some likes in. <laughs> Yeah, because you're, you're doing that, and especially next to that is the wine in a, in a cartridge that we talked about last week. I mean, you got everything. Well, the touchscreen wine bottle. Yeah, that's We're right. going to get those guys on, and, 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 and you know, the, 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 the viewers or the listeners out there. <laughs> I don't these think are, they want to be on our show. <laughs> <laughs> they are all real. These are all real products. These are real products. Uh, Mark has, has tried to get the touchscreen wine bottle company onto the show. But I think I think we're a little too jokey about it. So uh, so if they're, I know they're listening. So when you hear this, yes. we are sorry. And and for the record, I liked the touchscreen wine bottle. Joe liked it. I was just a little more uh, cynical about it. But uh, Joe is on board. We would give you a fair shake, and uh, please contact Mark. Our second story. <laughs> Can't believe I'm begging. Actually, for Toby. To call. Toby was the one who emailed uh, those guys. So Toby, our assistant. Story number two. If you happen... Wait, we're on just number two? The second story. Oh, how many stories are there? Two. All right. <laughs> second half of the news. If you happen to be traveling to France, you need to know that the French take their wine drinking very seriously. Yeah, they do. So a list of important wine rules has recently been released by The Local, a French publication created for Americans and other English speakers, so you, Joe, can learn what to avoid when I'm you ready. travel to France. I'm ready. So here are some rules if you're traveling to France and you want to drink wine because you might not know these rules being an American. Oui, oui. You are French, I guess. <laughs> you must know French. The, fir the, first, the first rule uh, that this is going to be very helpful when you go over there. Number one, they say, don't drink red wine without a meal. Really? Yeah. The French have a joke. How do you spot a foreigner in a cafe? It's the one drinking wine. It's <laughs> yeah. It's extremely rare to see a French person enjoying a glass of red wine without food. <laughs> Interesting. Uh huh. See, you I, didn't know that. <laughs> they're just because they probably drink so much wine they couldn't afford to do it out at a cafe. <sighs> I don't know, but I, I, <laughs> I think that but that's that's frowned upon. I think if you're drinking just an alcohol drink yeah. in France, you need to drink. Uh, uh, another kind, like a, maybe a glass of... Uh, Wait, you're saying like a white wine like would an be fine? No, like an aperitif. Okay. Right, but not a red wine. and that looks Wine like, goes with, with your meal. With your food. I got it. The second rule they say uh, on the uh, this French publication, if you're an American help, trying to help you out, don't buy or serve the cheapest wine possible, they say. Well, yeah, they're trying to sell wine. Well, I think they just think it looks bad. I don't know. Really? It, yeah. Well, this this is a rule they're giving for Americans. That's so unfortunate because there will always be the cheapest bottle on the menu. I know, but I think they're saying that if you're, you know, maybe they're what they're the, the subtext is if you're American, you're, they they able to spot Americans because they're always cheap ordering the cheapest well, wine. Well, and and I get it. You know, they're they're France. They've got some beautiful wines yeah. out of that country, and they, you know, uh, look, it's like uh, 
you don't go to Disney World for the chicken sandwiches. No, you okay? don't. So when you go to Disney World, you didn't ride you, the biggest roller coaster they have. Didn't you when get you, salmonella at Epcot? Yeah, I did. Okay, that's another that story, story, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's no accident that this is my example. Right, a story for a different time. Yeah. But in, in France, uh-huh. I can see why they would say, look, you're in the wine capital of the world. Yes. Drink some decent wine while you're here. That's right. <laughs> you don't ask... Bring me your cheapest <laughs> bottle. Yes. So that that's that. And then the uh, two, and rule two and a half: don't eat chicken at Epcot. Let's add that one in there right now. All right. Because isn't there a isn't Disney Euro over There's in France? Euro Disney. Sure. Uh, do not eat the chicken. No. The third rule they say: don't bring. This is interesting. Don't bring wine to a French dinner party. Why? Turning up to a French dinner party with wine is a big no-no because it implies your French host knows nothing about wine, when, of course, all French people know everything about wine. So don't be surprised if you turn up at a dinner party with a bottle of wine only for it to disappear, never to be seen again. So what, what should an American show up with, like some Tennessee bourbon? Uh, they didn't say. Um, if you're American, probably if you're an American, probably you should show up with an American flag draped, <laughs> draped around you and and eagles <laughs> flying uh, in behind you. Yes, gliding only to land on your shoulders and and as you eat an entire raw deer. Yeah, they didn't say what to show up with, but maybe I don't know. Maybe a Big Mac. <laughs> so, what's worse than that rule? That that will. Uh, that will drive your French hosts insane. They say in this don't bring don't bring wine. Don't bring wine. Which to a will party. make them more crazy is don't bring California wine to a French dinner party. See, I knew, I knew this is all about uh, pride, <laughs> and uh, and they're a little upset still about some things, aren't they? The local says your French host will laugh out laugh you out the door if you bring an American wine as a gift. So don't do that. But but yellowtail is good, right? That's Australian. I think that's just uh, that's just as bad. That's worse. I don't know. I don't know what their feelings are about Australian wines, but it can't be helpful. Oh, <laughs> uh, like Australians ever go to France? I don't know. I assume <laughs> this is a guide for Americans. This is for Americans. I'd like to see. Now wait a minute. Is this by the French government? It's no. It's just some publication in France. The local. I want to see their suggestions from all the travelers from around the world. Yeah, no, Why are they picking on Americans? I don't know. Maybe they think that we're a little uncouth. Have you heard what happens to Japanese travelers who go to Paris? What? Have you not heard of this? No. They end up having some horrible culture shock, and many of them stay in their hotels crying. You're making this no. up. No. You keep talking. I'm, there's a name for this. I believe you. So, so you're, but, Japanese in okay. Paris syndrome. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I don't know what the... the it's called Paris syndrome. It's called Paris syndrome. And they just can't... And it Japanese happens. can't They're handle. overwhelmed here. Uh, uh-huh. it is, it's a transient psychological disorder exhibited by some individuals when visiting or vacationing to Paris, only Paris, uh-huh. as a result of extreme shock resulting from their finding out that Paris is not what they had expected it to be. <laughs> what did they expect? It? What? What's the? Di- I mean, that, I don't know. All right, but we'll, it's a real thing. We'll find that out it's during crazy. the next show. I have no idea what they're talking about. That is really uh, fascinating. So their whole tip sheet for the Japanese yeah. is don't come. Okay. <laughs> the fifth rule for all our Japanese listeners: for Japanese listeners, if you take one thing Konnichiwa. home from this show, is don't go to Paris. <laughs> the fifth rule: don't stick red wine in the fridge. Well, well, we yeah. know that. Yeah, we yeah, know that. We know that. that. Boring. Right. Sixth rule. If you have French 
dinner guests, make sure you don't serve them a corked wine. Well, that is, guess, you don't want to serve that to anyone. Number seven, don't mutilate the foil capsule to open a <laughs> bottle. You're supposed to use that little knifey thing. Oh, come on. I just like that. Yeah, yeah, they say that's wrong. And they say when you're opening up a bottle, you need to make as little noise as possible. And yeah, that's with champagne. But with <laughs> wine, you want to do that, do that thing. There you go. For, that's it. For our female listeners, uh, tradition <laughs> says that if you are a woman, this is the publication. This is not the wine fellers talking. That'd be clear here, Mark. Be clear. If Tradition says in France, if you're a woman, you should never open a bottle of wine. Ooh. I guess basically your delicate frail arms will snap <laughs> just in snap two right and will look ungraceful or something like that. So don't do uh, that. This, that's why I always have my wife open the wine because my <laughs> arms are a little weak here. That is some tradition. Not the wine fellow tradition. Don't call us about that. Number eight, don't forget to let the wine breathe. Yeah, we know that. Number nine, don't pour your own wine when you're at, din- at a wine dinner party That's uh, in France. That's interesting. Is that the, Does that go uh, the same here, would you say? No. But I think if you're at a dinner party in France, you should not pour your own wine. Instead, you always let the host serve you. Uh, tradition says that this impl- applies especially to women. Gosh, they've got this thing. <laughs> I know. Who should wait for a man <laughs> to oh, come to their aid to rescue them from their thirst. <laughs> thirst be gone <laughs> this is again not the wine fellers this is a real story <clears throat> number 10 don't let the wine drip down the pristine label that's fine uh, number 11 don't fill your wine glass to the brim yeah we knew all that don't these get, are just boring don't get now, too Mark. drunk don't put ice in your wine uh if you want some more wine just finish your glass first uh and so yes yeah, so those are the rules and the final rule is i hope this is a good one don't get too drunk oh come on <sighs> like americans drink too much they say the publication in france says the french drink wine to accompany and enhance a meal not to get wasted i don't buy it well, that's what they say Mark, we've got a lot more on the show. Let's roll. Thank you for the news. When the server finds it, gives me fuckery, a fondue, souffle, pate, crevole, and ratatouille. We'll lay him back on cruise and wellness as a duty. Hands me reach for glottos to the venom, mantra, sigil, or monte conti. Pitchy, slow to Margo, lift me, mute, and left, pillow, and see me. Feeling buzz, I need to get out, drop a load for a shake up a hurry. Revving too fast, pop down sideways, rocks are off, I'll get my Bugatti. Piper has a button, shin, and crook, and coupe, and a pair. I drop my speed up, sail fast, cast off the debeats, and dip it clunky. Ripple, Cisco, Mad Dog, Nitro, and Boons for Manson, Mogan, Dave. A book on tip queued up inside a voice, and no one kickers, cause I got Mark Silver Gun Computer Simulated Universe. Salmon and Harris hit Chen Grade and Square. I'm a poser's Tito Gangster and I don't want your prayers. Don't like Salmon and Harris hit Chen Grade and Square. I'm a poser's Tito Gangster and I don't want your prayers. Don't like Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser's Tito Gangster and a wine fell air. Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser's Tito Gangster and a wine fell air. Chick, her name is Sam and Noah. My old friend, Joy Hair, dead our brother. He is known as the other one, fella. In the club, we rock it out. I order single malta, but he's my whiskey. Yeah, Maziki, Nika, Gushu. Then we find some other peaky centauri. Reesburg, Latas, and the final mantra, Sejal, or Monte Conti. Ripple, Cisco, Mad Dog, Nitro, and Boons for Mansum, Mook, and David.
like Sam and Harris hit Chan grade and square. I'm a poser, Tito gangster, and I don't want your prayer. I'm like Sam and Harris hit Chan grade and square. I'm a poser, Tito gangster, and I don't want your prayer. I'm like Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser, Tito gangster, and a wine fell air. I'm like Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm a poser, Tito gangster, and a wine fell air. Cause I got Mark Super Gun Computer Simulated University Gun Computer Simulated Universes Another Winefellers classic, straight from our Winefellers record studio. You're listening to the Winefellers, if that wasn't made clear enough, on WHUP. He is the carbonation in your mountain dew. He's the Brunswick in your stew. He is the fiber in your poo. He's the horse in your glue. The answer is Alex, the wine guru. Honorary wine feller.
Oh my gosh, the wine guru is in the house. Oh, I'm hello. so excited to have Alex here. He, uh, boy, this is like our eighth time having him on. I don't know, something like that, but uh, he's one of our favorite guests because he's always so knowledgeable. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me again. What are we doing today, Alex? Well, we're doing a little being zen with your wine. Okay. Perfect. So, I get it. I love it. See? I like it. I get the double entendre. So, you know, in this, the dog days of summer, which August 1 will be the dog days of oh summer, we are dealing with a massive heat wave. So generally, you don't think about red wines in the summer. No, you don't. Why, well, obviously, they're not as refreshing as, uh, like, well, you were going on about rosés the other day. Yes. Rosés and things like that. Yes. But uh, I like red zen. So, yeah, yeah, so um, the reason I picked this whole great varietal is it's summertime yeah. barbecue sure so um, i think it's a great i think it's a great move oh bar- yeah. right because of barbecue zen now Not you get zen yeah zen <laughs> yeah, Joe's a little, a little he's a little slow on the uptake there how many glasses have you <laughs> yeah, had already oh this is really good well, this yeah. is this really yeah. reflects on me in the show no, very no well. it's better than getting it on the drive home <laughs> yes yes <laughs> all right <laughs> and since the air is not working up here yes. you're gonna sweat oh, it out it's 20 minutes freaking so hot so i'm going to give you a little background real quick on red zen um serving temperature is about 65 degrees fahrenheit and to go back to you should never stick red wine in a refrigerator for those who purchase red wine from mm-hmm. a store you know it's usually still too warm so i actually stick i stuck these bottles in the refrigerator for about 10 minutes just to bring them down a little bit because okay. they would be a little too warm they'd, okay. they'd be a little hot so uh for all of the listeners out there red zins are really high alcohol wines um i've seen some as high as 18 percent wow. these are going to be in the 15 percent 15 and a half percent range now, my understanding is that they're pretty bold wines, uh, Red Zins can be. Yes, they're huge, juice fruit bombs, as they call them in the industry. Mm. So they can be a lot of fun. I, it, Because it's a juice bomb, it lends itself to barbecue. You can do oh, yeah. Eastern North Carolina barbecue. Yeah. You can do Memphis style. Yes. You know, you can, you can intermingle. You can get some nice uh, ribs there. Rocking and rolling with the good old Zen. So one of the take-home messages is that if you are serving barbecue, which we're about to eat soon on the Winefellers, is that you uh, should serve possibly some Red Zen. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So I'm going to go right down real quick about wine uh, pairings. Let's do it. With food. So Zen wine is happiest p- when paired with anything from meat aisle, from the meat aisle, from barbecue, pork ribs, leg of lamb or a big hearty meal a lighter zinfandel uh wine is a wonderful red wine for food uh pairing choices for poultry um game and fowl especially uh when served with heavier sauces gotcha so uh california is known for big zins so um you know we're gonna go to lodi in amador county um in california and then just a quick little background. The arrival of Zinfandel in the United States may have been via the Imperial Nursery in Vienna, Austria. Okay. Which probably obtained the vines during the Habsburg monarchy rule over Croatia. Hmm. So actually, the Zinfandel came from Croatia. The Zinfandel grape. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, that's... Uh... <laughs> oh, Zin. <laughs> He's still on the Zen. <laughs> okay, Joe. 
<laughs> well, that's... I got it. He gets it. He gets but, it. But, uh, yeah, so it. how do Redzins, you know, just generally speaking, I mean, when we're looking for a Redzin, how do they taste? I mean, it's uh, it's more of a... Uh, a stronger wine. So this is, is this like a black peppery kind of a grape, or is it? What are we talking about? Here? You can get plum. You can get spice. Mm-hmm. Uh, blackberry, raspberry, um, vanilla. Right. A lot of blackberry. It, it, you you can get some pepper actually. Yeah. It just depends on how that maker or producer has decided to uh, produce theirs in. Now, and so let me let me yeah, jump sure. in here. So when uh, when you were selecting these ends for today. Yes. What were you looking for, and, and what, what do we have here? Okay, so I wanted to get something from Italy. So the first uh, wine up is uh, Calio Primavito 2014. So Primavito, if you're in a wine store, Primavito is Zinfandel. Um, it's from it's synonymous. Italy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're great, affordable wines. Most Zins are, actually. They right. range from eight. You can get into more single vineyards or century vines. So century vine are vines that are over 100 years old. Sure. And, you know, you're looking at your 20 and $30 price point. Well, yeah, and so that's a good point. You know, the thing about red Zins is that they um – Generally speaking, they seem to be more affordable. You get more bang for your buck when uh, yep. when you're drinking them, and may- but maybe they're not quite as age worthy. Is that true? Yes, mm. um, I have not really come across any zin that's something you really want to shelve for very long. Right, and and part of it is it's you know it's a um, it's a black skinned wine grape. Um, it's a pretty big grape actually, um, so there's a lot of juice there to produce alcohol. Um, but yeah, they're really just pop and go. It I think it's a great wine as an introduction for people who want to step out of out of uh, Pinot Noir, uh-huh. really yep. light, and they want to step it up. You know, and they may, they might not want to do Merlot, right. but sure. they could do a Zin. So when I go to a restaurant, that's uh, uh, if you're just joining us, or we are. Uh, this is the Wine Fellers, and we have Alex, the wine guru, on talking about Red Zin. Yes. So when I go to a restaurant, what I do is I um, order. Uh, often reds in off the wine menu because sometimes the Cabernets and other wines like that are just not ready to drink because they need to shelf uh, for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. They need to chill. But oftentimes reds in are just ready to go. Yeah. That's a little strategy I have. Well, how long will, uh, you know, because we talk about other wines, you, you, you know, age 50, uh, 100 years in some cases. And a Zin, are we talking like five years max? I wouldn't even do that. No, nah, wow. yeah, they're not built for that. So no, I mean, just, it'll literally taste fine, in, a, yeah. in a year or two, I would be you just be done with it, and drink yeah. it. Nothing wrong with it, but I might you know fade some and and so so what are we let's let's uh, what are we drinking first here? Let's do so this. So this is the Italian the uh, Calio or Salio Celio Primavito. It's 2014 from Italy. Italy. It's the Puglia region. And it's eight ninety nine, so mm. you guys can uh, swirl away. Now? That's okay. what you're drinking Absolutely. now. This, this is what we're drinking now. I've, I really liked it. It also has been mellowing in the glass. Some mm-hmm. it's really great. Very nice. It's a beautiful wine. So this is the Cal- uh, Caleo Primavito. Uh, Pr- Primavito, Prima two thousand fourteen mm-hmm. from Italy, eight ninety nine. That's a pretty. Uh, that's a bargain. And this actually has quite a grip, a lot of grip. It's so for the grip. listeners out there. Grip would be that tannin that we talk about, that mm-hmm. dryness factor. Um, it's really interesting. A lot of these, you know, you look at Italian, you look at French, you look at all the old worlds. They tend to produce their, their wines in this style. When we get to California, um, it's going to be a uh, different. Um, well, this is nice. This is this is a fantastic so wine. I get, I get a nice little blackberry, black 
cherry and, and leather and that spice we talked about. Mm-hmm. So what should what should we pair with this? What, what's going to go? The, what, just do some. Um, you know what? I do some barbecue just because it has a little bit of bite to it. Let's do the barbecue. Mm-hmm. So I picked this uh, barbecue up from uh, Hillsborough Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm. The mm-hmm. barbecue. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, I didn't try the. It actually in. helps pull the smoke out. Sure does. Wow, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Barbecue and red zen are made for each mm-hmm. other. That's a good Wow. Point. Got a hammer to that point, huh? That wow. That is nice. That is awesome. That's, you, that's tasty. You can eat all that all day. I would not have thought of that. That is fantastic. Whew. So you can awesome. go to Italy and get your zen. That is a great... Um, that is a great pairing. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm almost afraid to move to the next one because I like this one so much. But I guess we could always come back to this we wine. We can and always food come after back. The show. <laughs> it's really something else. All right, let me. Uh, so, um, uh, if you guys want to down, I'll, I'll pour. Okay. All right. So, what we got going now? This is uh, this is uh, Machia Zinfandel Mischievous 2013 California Lodi with a price point right now. Of sixteen ninety nine, awesome. So it says it's a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. So Lodi region has been home to grape growing since at least the eighteen fifties, uh-huh. when wild grapes would grow down from the trees along the edge of the rivers. This led some trappers to call the Calaveras River, which runs through the southern portion of the area, the Wine Creek. Oh, very nice. So I like that term. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's. Um, now, have you have you had this one before? I have. I've I've actually had all of them except for the Primavito. Okay. So, so this is mis- mischievous. 2013 mm-hmm. California Lodi. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Seventeen dollars. Smell again. that. Wow, that's um, that's more fruit bombier than uh, than the uh, other one for sure. That that is a fruit forward. Yes. Oh, I could drink that. For the rest of my life, that is a. It's like one of those desert island wines. That is an intense wine. Mm-hmm. That's that is a, a a rich, dense, very fruity wine. Which wine is good that you mentioned that. that because the surprise bottle, this backs what you said up. Okay, well, don't tell us yet. No, 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 no. I won't. This is uh, this is a definite. Uh, recommend from me. I think the other one, number one, the first wine was good. I mean, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But this one is just really drinkable. I mean, this thing is just dark and it's just a lovely There's wine. There's not quite the same spice in this one. No. I'm, I'm seeing. It definitely is plummy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's really I mean almost yeah. like a little it's peach su- in there, too. It's sweet. It's a sweet tobacco kind mm-hmm. of flavors. And oh, and I get vanilla. Do you? Yeah, probably from the barrels. Mm-hmm. So in Italian, vanilla. Machia means the spot. Right. In the Lodi area, Machia Winery has been earning a reputation as a spot where discriminating vino buffs can find small lots of high-quality vintages at some very reasonable prices. Wow, that's wow. great. So what, what wine should we pair with this today? Um, Just uh, let's try some of the cheese. And, and you or can which do the barbecue. Should we I, pair I, with this wine, Mark? Excuse me? <laughs> Which food? What did I say? Which wine should we pair with this wine? <laughs> Which wine do we should we pair the wine? <laughs> uh, now, that's a wine pairing I think anyone can get into. Yeah. I, th- I, I think the heat's getting to us in the <laughs> wine, for sure. <laughs> so the, so the, cheddar, the cheddar cheese. I um, could, yeah, I could, we're going to go for some cheddar cheese here. Is this anything special, guys, or just straight uh, up American cheddar? This is your cheddar? store-bought um, I got, like, extra Cabot. Su- extra super-duper char- mm. char- mm-hmm. char- Yeah. So I had it with the barbecue. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, likewise. It, all these are really going to go well with oh, barbecue. Cheese. Really good. Mm-hmm. 
So a uh, nice. great price point. Um, uh, I've actually been in this wine region. It's beautiful because you're looking at, well, then, and, you know, if you get into Amador County, you're at the foothills of uh, the Sierra. Right. Beautiful. And it's absolutely gorgeous up there. And they are growing this grape mm-hmm. there. So, oh uh, my gosh. Well, right. wh- how do you think this wine is, Alex, compared to the first the first one? What do you think? Um, I like it because it's approachability. Mm-hmm. You could have this on its own. You, you, if you really wanted to break the rule in France and have red wine without <laughs> any food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could do that. That's a good idea, but yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, sh- I like it because there's actually something going on with it. There are some Zins that can come across a little flat, and it's because there's so much alcohol. The scary sure. thing is is this is like 15.5. Oh, wow. this is high, it's hot. It's high all alcohol. these are um, high alcohol. The legs, you can kind of see that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a that's a wonderful wine, wonderful wine pairing. If you're just joining us on the Wine Fellers, we have Alex, the wine guru, on and the wine guru. He brought in a series of red Zinfandels that we've been pairing with barbecue and now cheddar cheese. And now we're about to try our third wine. So better down this glass. Down this glass. This is definitely for the barbecue. Um, this is okay. Oak Ridge. And it is a 2013 Reserva. No, 2012. Uh, my apologies. Thank you, wine guru. You're welcome. So this is uh, Oak Ridge Zinfandel Reserve 2012. And uh, looking from your sheet that you uh, gave to us, this is a Lodi. Uh, goes for $28. Yeah, so this is on your uh, upper end uh, price point. Yeah. Uh, so Oak Ridge Winery is the oldest operating winery in Lodi, California, built in 1934. Wow. The, wine, uh, the wines are made from 500 acres of estate vineyards throughout the Lodi AVA. Yeah. The winery and vineyards are situated between the Sierra Nevada foothills and the San Francisco Bay. Hmm. Now so, is this is kind of expensive did, for a red zin. Did this this these wines mm-hmm. pair so well with this barbecue? Yes. It's almost like they were made for each other. They were. Is that right? Like in the region where this wine first originated, mm, is that a typical uh, dish, you know, pork? No, so actually, you know, if you want to talk a little bit history about Zinfandel, it used to be the the grapes that they grew to um, bottle in jugs, jug wine, pre pre prohibition. Yeah, and then and then the vines were kind of lost, you know, during prohibition. Okay, and so wow. there was a resurgence of um, bringing these these uh, wonderful grapes back into. Um, I hadn't even thought about existence. that during prohibition. Uh, of course, the wineries sat dormant, I guess. Not all of them. Behringer, being one of them, was still allowed to make wine for Medici- yeah. medicinal purposes. So for, re- for religious, uh, uh, religious uh, reasons. Uh, religious reasons, yep. So, you know, um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of this one. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, give, I took a sip while we were speaking here, and something struck me about this wine. What's going on? Well... Let me give it one more taste here. To me, it's a little. Um, maybe it's because we're following this. Uh, the last wine is so fruit forward. This one is hard to taste because the, the the flavors are a little bit more subtle, and maybe that has something to do with it. I want to. I want to say I'm. I'm getting. There, there I'm getting are, the barrel in this. Okay, you're, so you're going to get a lot of vanilla. Is what yeah. I get. It's mm-hmm. like a vanilla bomb. But if yeah. you if you let that just if you just let it sit on your palate for a little while, I get a little mint. Hmm. I do. Um, now, in previous vintages that I've had of this, you would get like lots of smoke. 
Hmm. Like is that real right? heavy smoke, which is great for barbecue. I mean, just think barbecue ribs with smoke. Um, and then have that in the wine, which helps pull it together. So, what do you think? Of, what do you think of this one, Alex? Uh, compared to the other mm. ones, I mean, it's all you know, kind of a subjective. And it's subjective, feel, but I just uh, that was my take. Um, and some mm. people like a little less of a. Uh, it's sweeter, root. and I'm. Uh, it's actually very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I get maple syrup. Absolutely, yeah. I guess so, it's syrupy. It's syrupy. So you I know, agree. matcha right now is my go-to what yeah, would so. you mentioned uh, just a second ago about uh the fact that other vintages had more smoke in them correct what would cause that deviation between years what would cause that those changes from year the, to year the growing season is that yes. right just this is totally in that the grape. would be total growing season wow yeah. so before on the show we've talked about the concept of terroir mm-hmm. which is everything that can make a wine different from year to year yep but it's not it's not like um they're not using some special barrels no wow no it's the it's, season it's, the it's, dirt it's, the yep. uh the how long the days are and everything else yeah and so uh, this particular vintage, this uh, what, which year was this? This is 2012. 2012. This has a little less smokiness to it. You're saying yes, and they've been they've always been known for a really smoky um, uh, Zinfandel, and you know I haven't had it in a couple of years, so I would think that it would be there. So we had it. Unfortunately, right. it's not there, and and you know what? That's just wine, and yeah. unfortunately. You're not going to have the consistency from year to year. Sure. And nothing's wrong with this wine. No. Just, uh, but I, it, yeah, just, this one's delicious to me. Oh, oh this, really? Oh, this uh, is your favorite. Uh, I like this. Okay. Why, uh, so why do you like it? Well, I like it because when... Uh, so the last one we had was very much uh, fruit forward. Yeah. It's delicious. It's, it's sweet. Mm-hmm. And, and this one hits you. And the reason I like it is it hits you and you're not sure what to make of it at first yeah right. and okay. then you have and then it slowly reveals itself to I hear you. you you like that mystery i like that you know it's like um i like a mysterious wine where mm. you have to tease it apart figure out what in the world is going on here mm-hmm. that's right and this this is this is a little more challenging than the last one yep Yes, I see that. Okay, that's uh, I like that. I think that's just true, and it's it's a little bit more of a difficult nut to crack, and uh, I think it's uh, more of a subtle taste. I think you're right on. Thank you, Mark. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so I see we have a piece of cheesecake on our plate. You do. So I am going to introduce you to um, an affordable port that is produced in the United States. So this is produced by Paul Soban. Wait, is this the mystery Soban. one? Yes, this is the mystery one. So Paul Soban. It's in port. You got it. No. Yes. Woo. 2013. Uh, this is 18% alcohol. And so, so we need to tell our listeners what port is. So, yeah, so port is a fortified wine. Yeah, wine fortified with brandy, usually mm-hmm. for dessert. Correct. And, and was uh, this done originally for uh, preservation of the wine? Yes. Oh, you know, yeah. It's so it's so like, that the uh, wine wouldn't get damaged when you tr- when you when you ship it in heat because the uh, the brandy and the wine would protect it. That's a good point. Brilliant. It, and it, and it kind of stuck on stuck on through the years as a kind of a, a preferred taste for certain oh, wines. Oh yeah, I love port. Oh, there's a lot of ports that have English names because that's they were shipping it back to England. And in order for it to make it all the way back to England, it had to be fortified to make that trip. There that you go. That makes perfect sense. Same thing they did with uh, India Pale Ale beer. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah, oh, they, they, little... they, they put more hops in it yeah. so that it would actually stabilize That's how the IPA? It. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know And it that. was a higher alcoholic content yep. so it could make the trip from England to India and uh, uh, support the troops. I didn't know that. Well, that's really interesting. It brings, um, it's a whole new thing now. Here we have the support the troops programs, <laughs> and you, you put jackets or toys in boxes and magazines and stuff, but uh, England had it right. They just sent them boatloads of beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's what, you know, it's what people want. <laughs> so, so let's try. So this yeah, this, is, this is the so, port. So this is a port. So I've had it in previous vintages. Savon um, State, uh, Zinfandel Port. So it's a higher alcohol content because it's port. Yep, eighteen percent. Yep. Woo! Smell that. That's intense because it's you know. Paul Soban has been known to make his own spirits. Oh wow! I know this Woo! because I've visited his uh, winery in California. That's so. A, um, this is uh, a wine. It's let's see. But it's meant to be. Oh, that is just fantastic! And it's meant to be eaten. Oh. My gosh. So eat something mm-hmm. sweet with it, like your cheesecake, which is really mm-hmm. meant for that. Which is okay. going to be less sweet than the wine. Well, because, yeah, the port's sort of a dessert wine. This actually helps to balance out. Oh, my gosh. And that creaminess mm. of the, the cheesecake cheese. is right. So this is, it's like, um, mm. w- w- so what do you get on, the, I mean, it's it's a really rich, big wine, which is like you were referring to mm-hmm. in the other Zen. Right. It's big and juicy. Right. This, this really brings it to... What? <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Well, cheers. That's great. Mm. Cheers, Mark. <laughs> so this this is a really nice port, and I've uh, I'm not. <laughs> you almost needed one of those anti-shatter glasses, there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have one. <laughs> but these are these are really this is a really nice uh, really nice port. Uh, it's a red Zin port, and uh, how much does this uh, run us? Fourteen ninety nine. I will tell you what here. It's nothing. This wine. It's so good. I have never had uh, Red Zen port before. Yeah. Now, when we think of the classic ports, Wars and... and um, Grams and, and, and Coburn and, and Taylors. We're not talking a Zen port. What are they starting with there? Um, they Oh, I don't remember all the well, varietals. I think it's probably a Spanish uh, or Portuguese varietal. Or Spanish I see. They varietal, do like yeah. like four different varietals. Yeah, there's different varietals. There's like several varietals, actually, that I remember. This yeah. actually is fantastic. Would this this here would keep for 50 years. Port lasts. See, this, oh, is, yeah. an, this is an interesting thing. Port you got the Zimbandel long, mm-hmm, that yeah. you don't want. It doesn't have a long shelf uh-huh. life, but now you put brandy in it. Yeah, port but, keeps a long time. But part of that is because it's been fortified. Yeah, the brandy in it. The brandy holds it. So if it didn't. So, yeah, you could hold this for a while. It's really, really sweet. It's in your face. Um, it's ready it to drink probably right now. needs to be chilled a bit more. I think it's a little hot right now. Yes. And, well, we are in the south. And it, and it is 100 degrees in the radio studio. It today. is. It We're sweating. To be. So, um, anyways, so that was a surprise because a lot of people don't realize it. There are other people making ports from different grape bridles and Zen being one. Yeah, this is a very nice. Well, Alex, this has been a treat. You are amazing. We'd love to have you on the show. He's the wine guru, He's man. the wine guru. We have to have you on again. Thank you. Uh, these are amazing wines. Uh, we tried three uh, We tried three wines plus a mystery wine, the port. And I can't wait to see what we have next. Yeah, look. Well, yes. Alex, what, what we're going to do is mm-hmm. uh, we just continue to uh, see more and more folks catching us online, listening to the podcast after mm-hmm. the fact. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. And uh, so we've taken some pictures today. 
If you're listening after the fact, go online, check it out. We're going to have all this information online. Uh, isn't that right, Mark? Yes, it'll all be online. Um, I understand that we have a website, so this is going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we got a .com website, too. That's right. It wasn't like .nl or uh, first got, .net. I got, dot, I got .gov, and that didn't help us out. So <laughs> <laughs> The winefellers.gov. <laughs> right. And then yeah. I got .xxx, and that didn't help yeah. out. So, yeah. So, it's, it's all. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you for joining us, Alex, and we'll see You're you welcome. in a month. Yes. Thank you, Alex. Bye. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. Songs that we sung when the dark days come Are the songs that we sung when we chased them away If I ever found a pot of gold I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories, loved, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another
run, 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 run. Let's have some fun, 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 fun. We drink, 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 drink. That's us, but the sun, 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 sun. Run, 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 run. Good evening. You are listening to 